Welcome to The Sound, KQAL-FM's weekly behind-the-scenes look at Midwestern-made music. From writing and recording to distribution and promotion, The Sound is your source for new releases and exclusive interviews from Midwestern artists. Support for The Sound is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Rolling. Tonight on The Sound, we dive into Honky Tonks and Hangovers, the latest release by the Federales in 2020. The Federales, based out of Minneapolis, are an Americana band with its roots firmly planted in old school country. Tonight we'll figure out how 18-wheelers, Brad Paisley, and the Ryman Auditorium all tie together with the Federales. So get your ears on and buckle up for a wild ride through Honky Tonks and Hangovers. I'm Maxwell Ackman, and here's KQAL's Bill Stoneberg with the Federales, tonight on The Sound. That was Quit Playing That Guitar, and that is from the Federalis. That's from their latest release, Honky Tonks and Hangovers, which was released in 2020. And I have Ben and James from the Federalis on the phone with me tonight. Uh, how are you guys doing? Pretty good. Good. Good, good. Um, so so uh, just like I mentioned, you guys are playing No Name Bar this Friday. Uh, really looking forward to that show. 
Um, this first tune here, quit playing that guitar. Uh, that's actually, I believe that's the first track I ever heard from you guys. And um, it's one that uh, the algorithms threw at me, you know, when I was streaming music and, um, you know, listening to things I dig and Spotify, I believe it was, not to mention any specific, but they threw uh, the federales at me and were like, hey, you'll probably like this too. And I totally did. Um, and it didn't hit me until, uh, oh, I don't know, it was several listens through the record that I was like, oh, my God, these guys are from Minneapolis. Yeah. Um, so good stuff, man. I really dig the album. Um, really dig it. It really fits into what I listen to and stuff. Um, but this this album came out in 2020. So kind of, you know, during COVID and stuff, um, I think it's a fantastic album and should get a lot of traction. Um, how has the response been so far? And what's that like, like putting out a record in the midst of, you know, of all that's happened, you know? I, I mean, I think the reaction has been pretty good. It wasn't like a bit of a challenge. We, we worked on this. James, you remember when we started recording? I think we started recording in 2017. Yeah, um, we, it was we, uh, with a different drummer. And then yes, kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we sort of, uh, we, we, we'd recorded through a bunch of tracks in sort of one mode. We recorded this with our friend Zach at the Pearl Recording Studio in Northeast Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. uh, and we recorded through, I don't know, maybe like at least half the songs with our uh, previous drummer. And then he moved to Chicago. Uh, and so we, we were talking to Zach and Zach has this great analog set up with the tape machine that used to be at Pachyderm Studios. Um, and so we, when our new drummer joined, we decided to go back in and re-record everything, but I'll do it all live to tape. Um, and so we started in the fall of 2017 uh, and sort of worked on it for two years. You know, it took a little bit longer with all the, you know, you have to play through, listen, you can't go back and, and do a bunch of tweaking and Pro Tools. Mm -hmm. So it took a little bit longer and then we had to go back through and we did all the mixing live, you know, off the tape and everything. So we didn't actually finish it, you know, finish it, finish it until uh, January 2020. We had a, we had a meeting at a, a brewery in Minneapolis and sort of did all the final album art. And we were like, this is going to be great. It's going to come out in July. It's going to be a great summer for the Federales. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, you know, Around about uh, May or somewhere, we were like, well, we should just still put it out. We have all the vinyl and everything. We were super excited about the vinyl. Uh -huh. um, and so we just decided to do like an online listening party, get it out just to make sure people can have it. And, you know, I think it probably wasn't as big of a splash as it could have been had we been able to play a bunch of shows that summer. But it was still good to like people needed music over the summer and everything. So it was right. a good way to still deliver that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, right as the shutdown happened, you know, it was we had a show booked at the Hook and Ladder for a big release show. And. I think it was like basically that weekend we were going to do like a release show was when everything, you know, maybe a week before or something when it was like, you know, we emailed, oh, yeah, I think it's still, you know, pretty safe. Not so sure. But then it was, you know, no questions asked. We're shutting everything down right before we were going to do the release show. So, yeah, right. it was definitely a bit of a bummer. But, you know, we got we decided to well, it definitely became pretty apparent that, you know, this thing wasn't going away. So, you know, we should, we should get it out into the world. So that's right. Right. Well, and now things are a little more open, you know, and uh, and uh, glad to see you guys are uh, hitting the road and coming down here to Winona uh, for sure. Um, yeah, we, we love them. We love them. Yep. We love yep. No Name Bar. Cool. Awesome. On there. Great. We have some good friends on there. Awesome. Great. Awesome. Now, you guys mentioned a whole bunch of stuff in there that I want to get to because um, <laughs> um, that's what I was going to ask you about your recording process and stuff. And uh, I heard several things in there live to tape. Uh, I heard the tape machine from Pachyderm. Um, yeah, in the absence of Pro Tools. <laughs> um, so so I want to get to that stuff, but let's play some more music for people, and we'll come back and we'll talk about that. Um, I'm here talking to uh, Ben and James from the Federales, and uh, we're playing through some of the tunes from their latest album, Honky Tonks and Hangovers. Uh, it was released in 2020, but we all know what happened in 2020, so uh, this is a new record, basically, right? New record to play on a tour on. So... Uh, Let's let's play the next track. This is Dead Gulch Dan, and that's from Honky Tonks and Hangovers from the Federales, and you're listening to it on the sound right here on 89.5 KQAL. Yeah. 
North of El Paso, he spied the prize. A slow rolling wagon with four maids inside. He came on hot and stopped that wagon going. But when his horse hit gravel, then hit the road. That was Dead Gulch Dan, and that is from the Federalis. That's from their latest album, Honky Tonks and Hangovers. And I have Ben and James from the Federalis on the phone with me tonight. Uh, guys, so uh, like I said before, that tune, lots to talk about here. Um, but I kind of want to get into like uh, uh, the feel of this album and stuff. You know, um, like that first track, like I was saying, Quit Playing That Guitar, that was something that uh, the streaming services and their algorithms kind of threw at me because of what I listened to. And uh, really, really dig it. Um, your bio states that uh, uh, infectious, you have an infectious take on old school country music, uh, which certainly piques my interest. I love that kind of stuff. Um, is that something that you guys like set out to do? 
or is that something that just kind of happened when you guys get together? Like, like how, how did this band, how did the federalities come together and like find their sound? You know, I know that's a big one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we actually yeah, ben, started you tell the story. Yeah. I'll see if I can condense it, but it, uh, I might turn a little bit of this over to the, to James cause he has a good take on it. I mm-hmm. think it actually started, uh, not as the Federales, but it started as like James and I coming. And actually, I should mention our first show was on April 23rd, 2012. So that we're actually at our 10 year anniversary here this oh, year. Cool. Um, so like that, that January, James and I, we had just been, we, you know, through mutual friends, like hanging out at parties and stuff. And we'd always end up in a corner talking about Graham Parsons and the Flying Greedo Brothers nice. and the birds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like awesome late 60s country music, but played by people with long hair. Right. Um, and so that January 2012, we had sort of another idea. We got together to just do like a duo jam to play some like mandolin and guitar spaghetti Western uh, instrumentals. Cool. And we did that. And then I think, I don't remember exactly how it happened, but sort of like, we were like, oh, that was fun. And then we were kind of like, well, wouldn't it be fun to like play some of that like late sixties, like mid nineties Wilco style country music. And I was like, mm-hmm. well, I have some songs. Like we all know some like other musicians. Let's just see if anybody wants to join. Um, and so, so that's what happened. And then sort just, I was thinking about this the other day, just sort of the evolution of our sound over the years. We've had friends join, you know, couple drummers uh left you know, we've had other people join to expand the band to like seven people now if, we're, if it's everybody people that join to sing harmonies and play guitar and play fiddle and play harmonica uh and then we feel steel players in there yeah yeah people come sit in whenever we when you know try to get it like a big sort of willie nelson family style on stage nice um and we've just started sort of incorporating like all the other music we love, like CCR type rock and roll and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Like that was what, like when we started, we had acoustic upright bass and I played acoustic guitar and everything. Uh, James sometimes would play lap steel, but now like after, so we play this, this annual gig up in Grand Marais every Labor Day. And so for that one, I would start bringing electric guitar along. And then we sort of like up there fully transitioned to just straight on, full-on rock and roll electric band and and that's really i think expanding what we can play we'll play a lot more sort of like american styles like almost some like new orleansy rock and roll in there mm-hmm. um all kinds of other just you know all the like great uh country music and blues based music that america has produced right uh kind of gets thrown in there but still was like that country country uh country i don't know mission right to start out right kind of the foundation of it yeah for sure man and you you mentioned a lot of different uh elements in there too and different genres um which is interesting um i know this this record uh it seems like it and i know i date myself a little bit by saying record but I like records you know <laughs> it's available it's available as a record and it's available yeah, as a record yeah. yeah and vinyl so um um this one i know the first album was real like true to that mission, as you say, of, of like the uh, old school country music sound and that kind of feel and stuff. And this one seems like it kind of stretches your legs a little bit. And it's like kind of goes into some different genres like that last tune, that Dead Gulch Dan. Um, and you mentioned, I don't know if you mentioned, you mentioned New Orleans, but uh, that last tune, Dead, Dead Gulch Dan, reminds me of, like a little bit of like Dixieland elements, too, you know, um, with the trumpets yeah. and stuff, you know. Um, was that was that intentional? It sounds like you guys just kind of have a magic to go on that evolves. Or do, or do you plan this out like, oh, I'm going to we're going to go in more of a different direction or, or, you know, stretch our our genre a little bit or, you know, or is that just organically yeah, happening? I mean- a lot of it's very organic. I mean, this song didn't have horns until it was kind of a late idea. I can't remember if it was Carl or our banjo player. Or yeah, it was. Whatever, he just, it, he heard it. And the, like the, the mix we were working on I, in passing or something, it was just like, oh, this should have horns on it. And we were like, oh. Cool. <laughs> this so one the- actually has a funny story behind it because we were in the <laughs> studio and we did like, our, our process was to record a bunch of takes like you know up to seven eight nine takes whatever uh-huh. we'd pick like the best one you know mm-hmm. so the whole process was we'd get together we'd go through all the takes we'd all vote on them we had this kind of nerdy way of like point scaling everything and all this stuff so we picked a we picked a take for this particular song that we thought was the best um and so you know we get into the studio to record the horns horn section shows up you know they're great i can't remember what brass band they're from but um 
they're great. And then it's just Ben and I in the studio with the horn players. And so we, you know, Zach pulls up the, the take we think is the right one. Um, horns start playing. They record a couple awesome takes. You know, we pick one from there. And then our drummer shows up. And, you know, anybody who knows our drummer, he's very, uh, he has a great memory, very detail-oriented. And he's, uh, this is as the horn players are packing up. They already got our money. They're about to leave. And he's like, wait a second. This is, uh, this is actually the wrong take. <laughs> we picked the wrong take of the um oh. the song you know that the band voted on so right like oh no oh no, wow this is terrible we just you know paid all this money they spend all this time but after we listened to it for a while we were like actually this is probably a better take for the horns because it was a little slower so it had a little yep. more of a swampy oh cool. kind of vibe to it uh-huh. so it actually it ended up working out really great but yeah it was definitely one of those accidental mistakes that uh turned out better than, than we could have <laughs> And those guys play in Jack Rasband, and I think a couple of them play in Nicky Jones. It was recommended. Okay. Uh, uh, Riley Helgeson, the trumpet player that played in there, uh, put that little trio together for us. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Do they? Uh, uh, do you have to like come up with parts, or how does that work? Do they like write charts for each other, or you know, or do yeah. they just do it you on know, the one fly? One of the members yep. of the band basically kind of like loosely arranged it and put out you know a chart of the i think the chord changes uh-huh yep and um and then they just improvised over that oh cool awesome yeah which you know is very in line with how you know, they play in new orleans right right well they definitely had that style down yeah and that feel and stuff yeah and it, you can tell you mm-hmm. can hear it um and it sounds like the tune then you know with the kind of happy mistake happy accident of you know having them play on the wrong take um help the song does that happen often in the studio like where you know something you did in the studio like inspire something else or causes you to go in a different direction or oh yeah absolutely i mean to me that's a big part of the magic of the studio and the whole recording process mm-hmm. see where you know right the accidental uh, mistakes lead and and sometimes the other right? I, i'm i'm a big fan of uh, embracing that right yeah yeah roll with it right you know Mm -hmm. um and then you know like you guys mentioned earlier that you you did this live to tape right um how does that affect that process you know when you you know um like you said you'd you'd do like seven or so takes and then just pick the best one right um Mm -hmm. like i i started on tape many many years ago you know Mm. um and so it's real fond, you know, real close to my heart, you know, doing stuff like that. But it's like it causes you to make different decisions, I think, when you have infinite undos and like, you know, cut and paste and, you know, in, in a digital world. Um, how do you guys feel about that? I'm assuming you've done things digitally as well. So, you know, what's your take on tape versus digital, like as far as the process? I mean, I yeah. I think that I think. uh just this whole process made me realize how important limitations are when you're creating stuff. Like mm. it may, it may seem like, I mean, I like recording digitally too. When I'm recording at home, I, I love like redoing stuff as much as I can, but it's for different reasons. Like, like recording live in the studio was so much fun because we would, you'd really have to pay attention to what you're doing. Um, and then when you're listening back, you really have to pay attention to what everybody else is doing. And then and sort of like forget what you did because you're focusing so much on your own thing that you play that you're noticing all the mistakes and you have to know that you can't go back and fix if you play like one little flub note it, you know even if you play the wrong note but you or play the right note but you played it just a little differently than you were hoping that has to fit into the overall sound and it, everything sort of works together like that like it's just like such an organic process that you can't go back and and redo things to make them perfect mm-hmm. um and that's what make, makes it magical versus being able to like correct every little thing right right you got to make it count yeah, it seems know. more like an oh go ahead no go ahead i was just gonna say it seems kind of more like the sounds meld together a little bit more when you're dealing with tape mm-hmm. and yep. then you have to respect the fact you can't you know undo things or you know there was even a part in the process where Zach was, you know, we wanted an instrument to, um, you know, go up or down. I can't remember what it was, but he was kind of like, like adding salt. So if you um, add it now, we can't take it away later. You know? So you have to like really plan mm-hmm. you know, how you mix things and you have to mix like it's really a musical instrument. Right. Definitely. Right. How many, how many tracks, uh, like what kind of tape machine was it? Like how many tracks did you have available? I think it was a 16 track. Okay. 
I believe it's yeah. It's, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, it was like a two-inch tape machine. Yeah, very professional. I think it was sixteen track. That sounds right to me. Okay, I don't know all the. Did you have to that, bounce but... anything, or did it, or did you stay under sixteen? We stayed under sixteen. We did record everything in one room, uh, so we didn't. We didn't really, and I think there were only six of us at that time, so we didn't have like a ton of extra stuff to uh-huh. okay. to mix down. So I think we were pretty much under, um, under the whole time. Cool, cool. And then I, I think this is what you guys are getting at too. Like, and then you, when you're recording, and I'm assuming you're in the same room, or so like, is yeah. there some bleed? Yeah. So like, you can't really redo a exactly. certain part without the whole band doing it, right? Exactly. Yeah. And we were. The, the room was a little bit smaller than I think what you'd normally, you know, what people would use for that single room recording back uh-huh. in the day. Right. Um, so it was a little bit more challenging because, again, we really had to like, we had to play just a little bit quieter, which is, hard, you know, can be a challenge. But we, again, you have to really listen to make sure that you're not, like, whatever you're doing that's bleeding into everybody else uh, is going to be there. Right. Yeah. So, so you, you really have to pay attention. Yeah. It's, it's super fun. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, well, let's let's play some more tunes um, before I geek out on this too much and we forget to play the record. So <laughs> uh, I'm talking to the Federales tonight. Um, well, Ben and James from the Federales. And uh, their latest album is called Honky Talks and Hangovers. Um, and uh, we're going to play another track from that record. And this one's called Let the Record Play One More Time. And you're listening to it on The Sound on 89.5 KQAL. Come 
That was Let the Record Play One More Time, and that's a track off of the latest album from the Federales called Honky Tonks and Hangovers. And I have Ben and James from the Federales on the phone with me tonight. Um, guys, we were kind of talking about your recording process and how you recorded this live to tape, stuff like that, um, which I think is just super fantastic. Um, but that last tune, Let the Record Play One More Time, you know, um, speaking of records, you know, another thing I was wondering about you guys um, uh, because you you play a style of music that's very close to me, you know something I I love a lot. Um, what are what have you guys been listening to? You know, like what other artists do you listen to, and uh, what inspires you in other music? And you want to go first? Yeah, we can. I I know one that I'll I'll I would mention, but I'll stay for James because I think he's going to mention them too. But uh-huh. I'll I'll just tell you what I was listening to on repeat before before you called us, which is totally not in the federales. I was listening to Nils Lofgren. Uh, oh. Uh, you know, before, he was the he's a guitar player in Neil Young's band, and mm-hmm. had a longtime guitarist in the E Street Band. Right. Um, but he also had some great solo albums in the mid '70s, and there's some really awesome uh, live recordings of him from the Old Gray Whistle Test on YouTube. And there's a song called "Back It Up" that's just really, I really think is super fun. So I was listening cool. to that. Um, and I'm looking at a Porter Wagoner record that's uh, balanced on my turntable right now. Oh, nice! Um, so that, <laughs> it's all over the yeah, place. Right. Yeah. How about you, James? Uh, lately, I've been uh, digging back into this band out of New Orleans called the Baselons. Um, they're excellent band. Um, I happen to see them down at uh, uh, Frenchman Street down there when we were there. And I remember they walked into the, the bar and they had these, you know, kind of cool old vintage instruments. They had uh, lap steel. You know, just based on the way like the instruments looked, I said we got to stick around for this band. Right. And uh, we stuck around, and they were incredible. Um, they definitely have like kind of that New Orleans swagger and soul, but it's definitely very you know country oriented. Uh huh. Harmonies are incredible. Um, definitely recommend checking them out. Very I, cool. I just saw that they're they're kind of getting back together, and they're going to put out a new record soon. So, yeah, I've been spinning that a lot lately. Cool. Recently, what? Going back to their old catalog. What are they called again? Deslons, so D S L O N D E S. Okay. Straight in New Orleans. Okay, cool. We'll have to check them out. I have not heard them yet. Awesome. Does that ever? Um, and I know you know whatever we listen to always seeps into what you create too, right? You know, um, do you ever seek things out like, oh, I I need something different, like you know, um, just Mm -hmm. to kind of mix up your writing or something like? Does that ever help? You know. I think absolutely, yeah. Um, no, I also listen to a lot of jazz. I'm really into like kind of classic jazz music. So, you know, I definitely, you know, I've lately been listening to a lot of Thelonious Monk who, you know, and I think especially when you go back to the roots of American music, you know, Mm -hmm. like jazz and country and blues, some of that old great Delta blues, Howlin' Wolf and Lightning Hopkins and stuff, you know, it's, it's just, you know, there was a lot, it was a really close together community and a lot of country musicians, you know, we're friends with Delta Blooms musicians, you know, jazz musicians, you know, and so mm-hmm. I think that's something that um, isn't doesn't seem as close together these days. So, you no, know, right. I think it's kind of cool when you know incorporate elements of that. Right, right. It all kind of comes like, from. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say even like all the like the great country musicians that people think of as like the originators of country music learned how to play from. Black musicians like right. Hank Williams, George Jones—they all—that's where they all learned their craft. Mm-hmm. Um, so it all—it all comes from a very similar place. Right. Right. Totally. Um, how how about the writing? You know, how do you guys go about writing? Do does like one person write a tune and bring it to the band, or do you guys come up with stuff together? How, how does that work for you? Um, for the first couple albums, uh, I and our singer our other singer Carl uh, would, would just write a bunch of songs and then kind of bring them to the band mm-hmm. as we had envisioned them. Um, and that changed actually sort of halfway through making the last album because James had some great songs that we worked on. Um, and we tried a couple other ones that uh, didn't make it on that album, but now we're sort of back to working on a bunch of those other ones that everybody else is bringing uh, to the table and, and doing a lot more just like hang out and, jamming just to see what songs come out of that versus like trying to start with a structured thing cool cool so is this uh so the you said you've had some lineup changes um your first full length i believe was that uh 2014 
Yes. Um, yeah. Has there has there has it been kind of a core group since then, or you know how how has that been? How long has this group been together? The the lineup you have. The current version. Our, so our friend Chris Holm just joined uh, to play some harmonica and play guitar and sing uh, as well. Uh, about within the last year, although he's been like he, he actually played with us at our first show and he's been sitting in forever. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like a it wasn't a big step, but. Uh, our drummer Mark, the one that joined for this last album, joined in, right in there in 2017. So it's been pretty much the same lineup since then. But right. I was thinking about it actually this morning. Is like, kind of feels like the Grateful Dead, you know, the core group. But they had different keyboard players mm-hmm. come in, and they'd have Bruce Hornsby and everybody sit it. So you know, like it was like kind of a rotating, rotating but similar cast, right? Uh, right. A lot of the way. Cool. Um, well, let's get back into a tune. Um, uh, this next tune, I love this next one too. Um, I'm here talking to the Federales, uh, Ben and James from the Federales, and uh, we're talking about their latest album, Honky Talks and Hangovers. Uh, here's another track from that record. Uh, this is North Dakota Truck Driving Man, and you're listening to it on the sound right here on 89.5 KQAL. Cross the mist. 
That was North Dakota Truck Driving Man, and that is from the Federales' latest album called Honky Tonks and Hangovers. And I have Ben and James from the Federales on the phone with me tonight. Uh, guys, that track, um, I really dig that track, um, uh, partially because I used to drive truck over the road. So some of the, ah. li- some of the lyrics in there really hit, struck me. Um, but it also kind of has like a almost a 70s feel to me, you know, um, you know, kind of incorporating, like you were saying, those those uh, uh, country pickers from the 60s and 70s that had long hair, you know, <laughs> which which I really love. Um, you know, getting back to the lyrics of that, you know, um, I noticed you, you said something about I think it maybe it was like 30 tons of Kenworth or something like that, you yeah. know, and, and you lyrics like that. Like, where do you um, what inspires you lyrically and where do you get lyrics like is that from personal experience? You know, do you guys did you guys drive or or know someone who drove or you know how's that go down? Well, that's a true. And actually, I'm gonna I'll, I'll tell the story here, but then I want James to talk talk about the recording of that because that has an interesting uh, tape recording to tape story about how that song came together. Cool. Uh, the the beginning of it. Um, so that song is actually a true story about a friend of mine named Russ Ringsack who was a truck driver. Uh, he he was an architect in the late '70s, and uh, he. He quit uh, he, through through playing in a softball league. He met uh, Garrison Keillor, uh, and he he quit his job as an architect to be become the truck driver for Prairie Home Companion, oh, and then wow. also wrote notes on, on all the cities and stuff as he was going around that would be incorporated into the show. Oh. Uh, and I used to work I used to work for that show. Um, and so Russ and I, you know, after after the shows on Saturday, everybody go, would go. The band members would go hang out in Russ's room, and he'd he'd buy a bottle of whiskey because uh, he was the one that could could drive around and. And, and go shopping while we were out in, right. in weird cities. Mm-hmm. So we'd all hang out up there and the, and people would jam and just play old folk and bluegrass songs. And we'd all talk about music and hang out and tell dumb old jokes and stuff like that. And it was just a really great time. And he was a super great writer. He wrote a book called Semi-True. That's his uh, autobiography. Oh, cool. Um, and then he also wrote this awesome uh, Minnesota guidebook called Minnesota Curiosities. Um, it has like a lot of those, you know, everybody knows the ball of twine, but if you want to see like, the ball of twine or like the weird corn palace in every city in Minnesota. That's the book that you can check out. Um, and so, yeah, he, he, he drove the equipment truck, uh, the big semi for about 30 years. Uh, and he passed away in, uh, I want to say, uh, 2018, uh, a few years ago. I don't remember exactly, exactly what year, but, uh, yeah. So that's, that song is all pretty much as true as I could, as, as true as I could get, uh, writing about Russ. He's from North Dakota. Uh, and yeah, the, the actual, the big rig was a, a big red Kenworth that had a, a Chet Atkins tribute on the side of it. Oh, cool. Wow. That is fantastic. Prairie Home Companion, huh? Oh, that must have been yep. a trip. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I mean, like, we would, uh, I get to hang out at the Ryman a lot. And uh, the last time that Russ drove the truck to the show before he sort of retired, um, semi, I was going to say semi-retired, which is not intentionally a pun, but... Um, mm-hmm. We it was at the Ryman. He got to play guitar on stage, uh, sing Six Days on the Road with Brad Paisley playing guitar, and then we hung out in the cab. Don't tell anybody this. We hung out in the cab the night before and and drank a bottle of whiskey. Oh, uh, wow! Next, next to the Ryman. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Damn. You know what? That makes me. I want to sit down in a room with you guys with a bottle of whiskey. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> well, oh. I will mention. That we and Memorial Day weekend, we're playing on uh, the Sunday. Uh, we're playing down at our pal Rachel Hansen and her uh, partner's uh, farm down in Rockwell, Iowa. And we're just going to do a big bonfire and, and play a bunch of tunes around the campfire and hang out. So if, if you want to come down, if anybody wants to come down, oh, uh, yeah, hit hit us up on uh, social media or email, and we'll we'll tell you how to make it happen. Oh, cool! How fantastic! Oh my God, I'm I'm going to do that. I'm going to hit you guys out. <laughs> Don't forget your bottle of whiskey. Yeah. yeah oh, really. I won't. I won't. <laughs> a bottle of whiskey and uh, possibly a notebook or something. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, or maybe a guitar. How about that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, the stories. Now I, I'm going to have to watch myself so we don't go over time now. <laughs> That's too yeah, really. interesting. Damn. Well, I, I, like I said, I, we did have a the, the recording of that song. was super fun. James, you, you probably have a better – I don't remember exactly how the the – the intro happened. Do you remember that, like how that conversation started when we were trying to piece that song together? Mm, that was... I don't, are you talking about the splicing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know exactly what you're talking about, but if you're <laughs> the, the, like the length of tape to splice two different takes together. 
Yeah, we, well, I, I just, I don't remember exactly how it started. That's why I was trying to see if you remembered. I just remember that. So one, one take was really good. That's the take the, that most of the song is, but I don't remember why the intro from another take was way better. Just like how the the drums, banjo, guitar, and everything worked together was really fantastic. And we were like, oh, what do we do? How do we choose between these two? And uh, I think, so Zach, who's uh, engineering everything, was like, well, I haven't done this for a while, but we are on, on two-inch tape, so we can try to splice this. Oh. And so he, he busted out the razor blade and like like showed us the whole process. And like he was like, you know, bouncing back to this other reel and just like, because I don't remember what speed tape we were recording at, but like, it amazed me how much tape equals like a second. Right. So it didn't even have to be like that precise. You know, you could like, he was scrubbing the two reels and you could hear like the snare hit and everything, uh -huh. but he was pulling off like feet and feet of tape and it, and that yeah, equaled like, like a, a, a second. Beat is like if you stretch your both arms out wide, yeah. it's like one beat. Wow. So you really, like, you know, narrow it in. Yeah, those machines that they make, those two-inch tape machines, uh -huh. are a mechanical wonder. I, I and I'm just, I was just amazed watching the whole process. Yeah, it has the little tray that's made to like do the different types of tape edits, like at uh -huh. different angles and stuff like right. that. Yeah, and yeah. then so we did it, and he's like, "Well, let's see what it sounds like." And we, and we, you can see where the slice is on the tape. So he, when he queued it up and played it back, we were just kind of watching. And it and he and like first try it just sounded amazing. It sounded perfect. And we all just like it was like quiet for a second. And everybody almost cheered. It was like yeah, we did it. Wow. And he's like, I haven't done that forever. But oh wow, oh my god, I'm geeking out about this so hard right now, guys. That is so cool. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love it. Um, well, before I geek out too much and wreck the show here, let's uh, let's get back into some tunes. I'm talking to Ben and James from the Federales. Uh, they have an album called Honky Talks and Hangovers that uh, we're playing through here. And uh, just to, and also to let everyone know, uh, they are playing uh, No Name Bar this Friday, uh, May 27th, 2022. So uh, get down there and check them out for sure. Um, this next tune is called Girls in Trucks, and you're listening to it on the sound on 89.5 KQAL.
more drink because I need a hangover. 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 Every night since you walked down on me, we were happy as we could be. That was Hangover, and that is a tune off of the latest album from the Federales called Honky Tonks and Hangovers. And uh, before that, we heard Girls in Trucks. And uh, I have Ben and James from the Federales on the phone with me tonight. Uh, you guys, so I just mentioned uh, you're playing No Name Bar here in Winona uh, this Friday, uh, May 27th, 2022. Um so what can we expect uh, from you in the future here? You, you know, you've, this album's been out for a little while, but, you know, you didn't get to play on it as much, so we're, we're getting to see you guys play on it now. Um, do you have any more recordings in the works, you know, anything like that coming about or a tour or anything like that? We do. Which, like I mentioned before, we play every year in Grand Marais for Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and last year we recorded uh, the whole weekend, and I, I, we're working on it. We, we're still sort of you know, finding time to finish it off. But we have uh, five songs from there that we picked out that uh, would make for a pretty good EP. So we're hoping to get that out soon. Oh, cool. um, but, uh, but so um, our last run of shows in April, we played uh, a bunch of new songs. So we'll, we'll definitely have some, some new stuff happening uh, over the summer here. Nice. Nice. So we can look forward to some new stuff soon. I love it. I love it. How, how about um, uh, merchandise? And how, well, how can we find out about shows? Where's the best place for people to go for that and merch and stuff like that? Yeah, well, we're on all those online places you can find. Uh, federalesmpls.com mm-hmm. uh, and then all the all the social medias. Uh, and like you mentioned, Spotify and all the streaming places as well. Cool. Sounds good. And then... Um, um, which this is a big question for me, but you guys already answered it. Vinyl. So this album's available on vinyl, right? Um, do you bring vinyl with you on the road? Will we see vinyl here in Winona at the merch table? If I can remember to bring it, which I forget, <laughs> but, yeah. I'll text you right before. All right. <laughs> I often get to the venue and then have to rush back home in a, you know, in a flurry trying to get all the merch. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah. vinyl's heavy. It's yeah, a to carry it is. It is. It is, but it's so fun to have. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I'll put a little string around my finger or something to remember. Yeah, we'll, have, we'll have our merch there, and we'll definitely have vinyl. 
right? Cool. Sounds good, guys. Sounds good. Uh, really looking forward to seeing you guys. Uh, so looking forward to the show this weekend, guys, on Friday night, this Friday. Um, Federales, uh, Mike Munson, and Luke Callen at No Name Bar. Um, guys, thanks so much for talking to me. I love the record. Um, this was a fantastic interview. I love your stories. I want to talk to you guys more. I, I want to know more about this <laughs> tape stuff. And um, um, I'm going to see if I can get down to uh, Rachel Hansen's with you guys in Iowa. That that sounds like a blast. <laughs> so Yeah, send us an email. We'll, uh, we'll make it happen. For sure. So, yeah. Sounds good. Well, like I said, thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it. Um, we're going to go out with another tune here. Uh, I'm talking to the Federales. Well, I'm talking to Ben and James from the Federales. Uh, they're from Minneapolis, and uh, we're talking about their new album, Honky Tonks and Hangovers. Uh, this last track is a track from that album called Break Her Heart, and you're listening to it on The Sound on 89.5 KQAL. <laughs> Thanks again to the Federales for joining us today on The Sound. To hear more from the Federales and find their next performance, check out their website at federalesmpls.com or find them on their social media pages. For more local and regional albums, tune into The Sound every Wednesday night at 6, right here on 89.5 KQAL.
I'm Max Blackman, and we've just heard from the Federales on The Sound. Thanks for listening to The Sound. The Sound is produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us online at kqal.org. Theme music for The Sound provided by Mike Terrell of Fires of Denmark.